Fans of our on-demand show, we now have a brand new daily podcast. We're calling it Armstrong and Getty, One More Thing. Yeah, it's where we just talk about something else that didn't fit into the show. And sometimes we use naughty language. Yes! Not often, though, because it's naughty. Finally! Find it right now via the iHeart app. Just search for Armstrong and Getty, One More Thing. My chance to work blue. is 415-295-KFTC. We got this text. I love random texts out of nowhere. Got this text. Harry Potter could have been hallucinating everything due to carbon monoxide poisoning from being stuck in the cupboard under the stairs. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Think about it. It's a good point. Uh, Howard Kurtz used to write for the Washington Post. I became aware of him. He used to be on the Imus radio show all the time. I certainly never thought he was a right winger. No. Um, (laughs) No. uh, uh, but he now works for Fox, and he has his own show uh, analyzing the media, and he does it every Sunday, and uh, talking about the various back and forths between Trump and Pelosi and all this stuff, and here was uh, here's what he had to say. You cannot, even in this anti-Trump environment, go with a story that says the President of the United States suborn perjury without having it absolutely nailed down. And the media went to DEFCON 1 over this. Blizzard of segments and stories saying, you know, we we must move to impeachment. This is terrible. Uh, Very little skepticism, despite the fact that it was unnamed sources. And even as no other news organization could confirm this, usually it's a big scoop and somebody else manages to get a confirming source. So this was not just, uh, I think, humiliating for BuzzFeed, but it really is a kind of a black eye for every organization. Not that it shouldn't have been covered, but that just blanketed it with lots of punditry and denunciations without knowing the essential truth of it. So Marshall's going to get into that story at the bottom of the hour if you didn't follow it, if you're the sort of person that didn't have to follow that at all. Uh, But, yeah, we're so far down the road of weirdness that speculating about a president being a criminal and how they're they're headed out the door is just perfectly good fodder for, for, for serious journalists to talk about all day long. Right. Right. Standards have changed. I, I heard Howard Kurtz and I value his opinion, but I was thinking, get with the times, old man. It's newsotainment now. The so-called hardcore news outlets are now newsotainment. They have different standards. Is it exciting? That's the standard. As I mentioned, I actually saw a roundtable discussion in which they were talking about who would be best to run against Pence. Uh-huh. With the assumption that Trump is either going to resign or be impeached, we don't we don't have the same person to beat in 2020. Who should run against Pence? Right. That's right. pretty far down the road. Yeah. Of an unconfirmed story from a not mainstream. You know, you know, it's not the New York Times or Washington Post that put it out there. Right. Even though they've been wrong about a bunch of things. Yeah. It's an interesting question, and it, you know, it's it's a more it's a grayer area than it might seem. If you are reporting on a report that's a blockbuster. You're probably not going to get every single person you drag in to discuss it to say, keeping in mind that we have not independently confirmed the blah, blah, blah. It just it gets a momentum of its own and people get all excited. Then it gets onto social media. And then the question of whether it's been confirmed or not is just ridiculous. Nobody cares. Um, I think but two, it's interesting to see it explode in the I think, modern era. I think two years ago, you wouldn't even have run with it. No. N- no, they would have. Well, I don't know. It's reporting on a report. I don't know. I have but no a report time with the significance of 
the president committed a crime that will cause him to leave office. Yes. You can't go with that on your news station at all yeah, until right. you've independently confirmed it. It's and too they, big. And they didn't go with BuzzFeed. It was BuzzFeed again, their dossier story. People didn't run with that story because they hadn't confirmed it because it was so explosive. And that was two years ago. Right. That's how much has changed in two years. Right. Likewise, some of the Avenatti-sponsored uh, bizarro rape claims from Kavanaugh. The biggies wouldn't go with that. Right. Yeah. Was it, did Ronan Farrow go with that, or was he the guy who said, I can't publish this in the New Yorker? Uh, I remember NBC would. Anyway. Um, yeah. So, yeah, those standards, such as they are, are continuing to erode. And it's not healthy for the republic, but I, I guess I'm just past it. Mm. I suspect. Well, aren't you enlightened? I suspect everything I hear. I'm, a... I, I, I'm right where Putin wants me. So, uh, outrage. Reclining on satin sheets in a silky negligee. Awesome. No, I don't believe. I'm, I'm increasingly. I find it increasingly difficult to believe anything. Outrage culture, we talk about a lot here, and I'm going to read something. I don't like to just read stuff from people, because it seems, uh, I don't know. Were you a good reader aloud in class as a kid? Were you good at that? If I was paying attention, yes. This is what would happen to me a lot. Okay. <laughs> so we'd be reading from a book, and we're all supposed to be following along, and I'm daydreaming, and it would become my term, oh, turn to read, and I didn't have any idea where we were. And oh, I boy. And I tried this. A number of times it never worked. I don't know why I would continue to try it. I would pretend I couldn't pronounce the first word, yeah. hoping that the teacher would jump in with it, yeah. and then I could figure out where we were. The... That's what happened to me every time. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh I would boy. space out while we were reading. Once I was reading, I was doing okay. Can't yeah. one sentence start with chrysanthemum, please? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm putting on my glasses because I fear in service of my country I've grown old. A George Washington reference. Nice. Well Um, played. But this is from uh, a guy named Kyle Smith. How the media convinces us we're all outraged even when no one cares. And I'm going to just read liberally from this because it's really good. You're a liberal. You admitted it. I'm outraged. You're outraged. They're all outraged. We're all outraged except what if we're not. The Associated Press reported that Gillette's new toxic masculinity ad caused an online uproar. In quotes. Gillette ad with a hashtag MeTooEdge attracts support and outrage, claimed the New York Times. Gillette faces backlash and boycott over hashtag MeTooAdvert, ran a typical headline in the BBC this week. Outrage, uproar, backlash? I'd say it's more like a hacklash. It's journalists dealing out pretend outrage. Lazy media reporters, who are too lazy to even actually speak to people anymore, are instead constructing Potemkin villages of fake hate, fake disgust, and fake outrage. They're Contemkin villages. That's a pun, I guess. Wow, that's uh, obscure, but right. classy. Speaking of the New Yorker. No one really lives in these outrage vi- villages. The laziest hacks can build them using tweets, even tweets from anonymous Twitter accounts. Somehow these hacks are employed at places like the BBC and the Times. Yeah. The instantly infamous Gillette ad calling out toxic masculinity that painted males as bullies and sexual harassers certainly spurred a lot of conversation. But were dudes outraged, or did they just think the ad was misguided and wrong? Men aren't, men aren't going James McAvoy in a glass beast moid on Gillette. I don't know what that means. Wow. It's a movie uh, reference. Okay. Yeah. They're just saying, I'd rather not be lectured about what a bully and a creep I am, especially by my toiletries. <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny. good sentence. And that one had words I know. 
<laughs> the New York Times quoted an obscure Irish DJ calling the ad condescending on Twitter as an example of outrage. Top of the morning to you. Traffic's next. <laughs> oh, traffic's next. Sorry. That's, you got to talk if you're being Irish. So they quoted one obscure Irish DJ right. as an example of outrage. Along, This guy obviously is a Brit. Alongside the British chat show host Piers Morgan saying the ad was pathetic. You're pathetic is an expression of outrage? The BBC claimed breath, breathlessly there have been calls for Gillette to post an apology video. There have? Click through on the source, the source for this tidbit, and it turns out to be a Twitter user with 18 followers who demanded that everyone at Gillette be forced to read a men's rights book. 18,000, 18, you said? 18 Eight, total. <clears throat> Later in the piece, the BBC cites another supposedly angry party to the controversy. That turned out to be an anonymous Twitter user with six followers. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. And, and listen, there were plenty of us that were highly annoyed at the Gillette ad. I, I don't... Uh, I save my outrage for things like the national debt. There were plenty of people who were... What does outrage mean? Is highly annoyed equal outraged? It was incredibly annoying. I'll read this next paragraph just because it goes on from there. But, I mean, the, the point has been made. Oh, yeah. Whip up a little outrage is an old tabloid directive. The city editor of the New York Post used to scream it at me across the newsroom in 1994. How interesting. But it did depend on finding someone who matters, or at least someone who represents a lot of people, who's really angry. Shameless online editors today figure that readers will click through to anything that is supposedly making anyone mad. Right. And if the underlying story doesn't actually contain any evidence that anyone has blown his lid, too late, made you click. I saw a story the other day. What's what's the name of the little pixie who co-hosts the uh, the morning show? Kelly Ripa? Kelly Ripa, yeah. Um, Kelly Ripa body shamed after husband posts bikini shots. Right. And I thought... Really? She's like in ridiculous shape. She's like like a Olympic gymnast fit. And so I clicked on it like a moron. And uh, sure enough, it was like three people on Twitter saying, you're too old to wear a bikini. Each of them with or, six uh, followers. Well, yeah, and, if they're a human beings at all. So, I mean, if you can find somebody to quote unquote body shame a woman who's in one in 50 million physical condition you can literally find twitter on twitter somebody to say anything somebody to claim that they're able to speak to gorillas somebody who who claims they can run a five second hundred yard dash somebody who's angry at space aliens you can find anything so you literally can print anything about somebody being mad on twitter and it's probably true which means you are the laziest journalist on earth. It is the modern laziest journalism that exists. I'll read one more example just because it's something we talked about a lot and you might be aware of. Real quick, do you think Walter Cronkite uh, quoted DJs very often? <laughs> one Irish DJ? Certainly not Irish DJs. Um, after a, an anonymous Twitter user posing as a hater posted a video of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez doing a cute breakfast club dance on a rooftop... While she was in college, Republicans were reported to be going bonkers. Oh, yeah. Teen Vogue reported there was conservative outrage. And the Times reported in a headline that the video was meant as a smear, even though the underlying story gave zero evidence for this, since we don't actually know who posted it, much less what his or her motive was. The story did not supply the name of even one American who didn't like the video. 
That is hilarious. I remember when that came out, and I remember talking about this at the time. I read that there was outrage, and I'd watched the video and thought, who could possibly be outraged by that? Well, nobody was. Nobody was. <laughs> Ocasio-Cortez jumped on the media's insistence, and you can't blame her. She's pretty new to this whole media game. It helps her, and um, she was reacting to headlines and legitimate. If the New York Times has a headline, I can see how you'd react to it. Yes. Ocasio-Cortez jumped on the media's insistence that the right had its panties in a wad with a new brief dance video under the line, I hear the GOP thinks women dancing is scandalous. No one said that. She also told a reporter, it's unsurprising to me that Republicans would think having fun should be disqualifying or illegal. And no one said that either, says this writer. Wow. Literally no one putting, you know, humiliating me in my premise that you can find somebody to say anything on the Internet. Literally nobody said that. <laughs> but nobody takes, Sorry. But nobody takes the time. He took the time to go to the tweets. Right. The, even if the guy had 10,000 followers, it's just one person's opinion. But the fact that the Twitter outrage you're using has six followers. Right. You can't make that a national headline. That's God. crazy. Yeah, if you have, like, a couple of kids and and a brother and sister, you know, like, you know, aunts and uncles, you got six followers on Twitter the moment you open your account. But I get, I get sucked into this a lot, too. We all have to watch out for this. Controversy over, outrage over. Sure. See if there's actually any controversy or outrage over the story at all. Note to self, fake up outrage against Armstrong and Getty show. Oh, yeah, no kidding. Get coverage. We should have done it six months ago or a year ago, but yeah, absolutely. Well, the second best day to do it is today, Jack. Let's get it started. Lazy, lazy, lazy journalist, which I don't care if it's a minor outlet. I understand you're trying to get attention, but the New York Times, the Washington Post. Fake news. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The other big news this week was that BuzzFeed, sorry, published a story that said Robert Mueller had evidence of Trump committing an impeachable crime, but the details were so sketchy that even Mueller's team had to be like, sorry, fake news. (laughs) How disappointing was that? You know how many suburban moms had to retract their group text to the family reading, we got him. (laughs) If you don't know that story and how it unfolded on Friday, Marshall's got that in his news coming up. It's it's an all-timer. Yes, yes, it is. Absolutely. And the other fake news story we covered was the, uh, if you're just tuning in, the incredible, inexcusable framing of some high school boys in Washington, D.C. for accosting and assaulting and bullying a poor old Native American activist dude. When, in fact, things unfolded practically backward of the way it was described on the Internet. And now various progressive activists are doxing the children and trying to ruin their lives, even though they were just kind of standing around and they were accosted by a bunch of racists who are shouting epithets at them. Uh, So there's our, our modern media. On the other hand, you have the controversial story of tennis champion model, sex symbol, Maria Sharapova. Right. Is she still playing tennis? She is indeed. Well, she's playing tennis when she's not 
taking a seven-minute bathroom break. Very controversial. She was getting whooped up on and uh, said, yeah, yeah, I got to go to the potty. And uh, took seven minutes completely breaking the momentum of her opponent. Mm. I didn't know you're allowed to do that. You're allowed to take a bathroom break in tennis? Uh, Other sports don't do that. Why? Apparently. I guess. Uh, Other sports have substitutions. Mm, Gotcha. Good point. Well, individual sports. I mean, I've seen golfers run into the bathroom, but, you know, they'll get to the tee eventually. Um, So, women, seven-minute bathroom break, legitimate or not? They're calling it a momentum break. I don't know that you should take a smartphone in there. Sometimes I'll, I'll, all of a sudden, I'll, whoa, that's a full episode's gone. <laughs> right. Right. Or maybe she's playing a little solitaire and she is about to win. That is the downside of taking the smartphone into the bathroom. It's a time vortex, man. <laughs> the next thing you know, yeah, wow. Wait a minute. It has been quite a while. Now I'm scrolling through this story and man, does she have a flat belly. Well, she's a professional athlete. And anyway, model. Anyway. Perhaps one ought to plan ahead, and like many a child about to get in the car, go potty before we start the tennis match. All right? Professional uh, athletes or models, male or female, who stay in shape because that's how they make their living, you can't judge yourself against them, can you? I'm not, I don't. <laughs> I'm not certain that my eating habits would be better if that's how I made my living. Yes. But it'd certainly be more of a motivation. Yes. Yes. Instead of watching news last night to prepare for this show, I would have not eaten crap to prepare for my day of being hot. Knocked out some crunches. I forget whose joke I'm stealing this from on Twitter, but uh, Tom Brady celebrated his big win yesterday with his favorite cheat dessert, staring at a picture of a strawberry for 30 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Ah, the big BuzzFeed battle. We have an update. Yet another Democratic hat tossed into the ring, and antibiotics may kill us all. Coming up. Yeah, Tom Brady, is he 40 now? 41. 41. I don't like to watch 40-year-olds exercise. I'm not watching the Super Bowl. That's not my idea of a good time. 41. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. So how many Super Bowls will this be for Tom Brady? 30 in a row. That was three in a row and six the last eight or five in the last six, but is it eight total or what is it? He's 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 played 17 seasons and been in 13 AFC championships. How is that even possible? A lot of people, they never get to do that or you get to do it once and you remember it for the rest of your life that are professional players. I just feel bad that he got clubbed in the head there after throwing that uh, interception. Oh, that's right. It wasn't, it wasn't even close. Well, he didn't not... get clubbed in the head at all. This will be his ninth Super Bowl. Ninth? His pretty wow. little head is fine. More than a half a season's worth of Super Bowls. It's one more than he deserved. you got to make every play reviewable. In fact, after every single play, have the league office take two, three, four minutes. <laughs> Just to make sure it unfolded the way we thought it did. <laughs> Every, that one will play, take 11 hours to play a game. But it's worth it for accuracy. <laughs> uh, let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Uh, last week, BuzzFeed came out with a story. President Trump's former lawyer, Michael Cohen, had told the special prosecutor Trump ordered him to lie to Congress about meetings to discuss a proposed Trump Tower in Moscow. And Brian Williams announced today is the day that will be marked as the end of the Trump administration. Impeachment proceedings will begin. 
a number of Democrats standing up immediately after to say they would now start investigations into Trump after this report. The outrage built all day until, in an extremely rare move, the spokesman for special counsel Robert Mueller publicly disputed the story. Mueller's spokesperson said the description of relevant statements to the special counsel's office are not accurate. So you have to assume that Robert Mueller, first of all, Mueller had to pull the trigger on this. No way this happens without his approval. Um, you, You have to assume that Mueller thought this is so damaging to the president's ability to do anything, to lead his job, and so disruptive to D.C. Since I know this isn't true, I've got to jump in here. I as, guess. As you mentioned earlier, that's it's an enormous risk because, well, going forward, if you don't deny the next crazy blockbuster story, people might assume it's true. And so you might think, well, I probably ought to deny this one, too. And you get sucked into something you'd intended not to get sucked into. And Mueller knows all this. So the yeah. fact that he told his people... Now, this one we got to knock down. That's really something. Yep. And there have been some big stories, I remember, that got knocked down after days. Um, there was one with Eric going to Moscow or something that was hot for a couple of days. And then it was proven that he hadn't been there and never been there. Something like it. Or he accidentally went to Moscow, Idaho because he's so stupid. (laughs) But but there have been a couple that turned out not to be true. That was a parody of anti-Eric humor, by the way. I don't believe him to be stupid at all. And Mueller didn't jump into those. He just let journalism do its thing. Eventually, the stories were knocked down. But this one he must have just thought was too big. President Trump, uh, later in the day, telling reporters after Mueller's move. I thought that the BuzzFeed piece... And maybe equally as bad, the coverage of the BuzzFeed phony story. It was a total phony story. And I appreciate the special counsel coming out with a statement last night. I think it was very appropriate that they did so. I very much appreciate that. I think that the BuzzFeed piece was a disgrace to our country. It was a disgrace to journalism. And I think also that the coverage by the mainstream media was disgraceful. There's no winner in that. Trump haters, you you got to hold your journalism outlets to a, as high a standard as possible. Because yep. otherwise, nobody's going to believe anything. Right. And we're doomed. Senator Kamala Harris is indeed running for president. The California Democratic te- Democrat telling ABC's Good Morning America that She is entering the increasingly crowded field of candidates looking for the Democratic nomination. I love my country. I love my country. And this is a moment in time that I I feel a sense of responsibility to stand up and fight. She's a uh, very bright woman and accomplished uh, among, you know, possible candidates. Her credentials are as good as about anybody's, even though we don't generally elect senators in this country. It's very rare. Um... I will tell you this, about half the time I really want to fight against the identity-obsessed social warrior thing, social justice warrior Mm -hmm. thing, and the other half of the time I just want to sit back and watch y'all tear each other to pieces. I will tell you what's coming. She is going to be called not black enough by various activists. I guarantee this because... In favor of who? In favor of... Well, just in general, or maybe Cory Booker, for instance, um... Not even necessarily compared to somebody else, but just you, in general. You were a prosecutor, and you once ruled in favor yeah. of cops. Well, that is, yeah. that's a good point, but yeah. that has nothing to do with what I'm talking oh, about. Right, right. 
she is the daughter of an Indian mother, as in India, mm-hmm. and her father was Jamaican, and he was an immigrant. I believe he was the generation to come to the country. If I got that wrong, I apologize. But um, and there is a problem with like a, a black man who comes from Africa and emigrates to this country. Right generally has a very, very different life experience than somebody who grew up generations of being black in America. And often that'll come up. Um, and, and I guarantee you the social justice warriors are going to rip each other to shreds over this. It's also interesting that she was she's always described as black. Mm-hmm. a black yeah. One of the two black candidates. Yeah. African-American candidates. Nobody ever mentions her Indian heritage. And, you know, I'm not asking Indian people to be offended by that. I don't... I think... Everybody's too offended by everything these days. But I do find that somewhat curious. Well, her mom and dad are from where? Say that again. Her mom was Indian. And her dad is? And, uh, Jamaican. Well, then, okay. So, African-American. A, a, a black man of Caribbean ancestry. But, but African-American would be wrong, period. How so? I mean, well, the people from the Caribbean came from Africa, too. Of course, if you want to get down to it, everybody did. If you believe, you know, the commonly held theories of yeah. human uh, migration. Okay. Um, w- which, again, is why usually I'm just content to sit in the bleachers with a cold beer in my hand, pop popcorn into my mouth, and just watch you all tear each other to bits. Yeah, I'd rather this didn't become a topic at all. Oh, no, it's it's utterly stupid. Um, well, it's it's not completely stupid if you're talking about life experience, but it, it will turn completely ridiculous. University of Michigan researchers studied insurance records of more than 19 million children and adults under age 65, and they found nearly 25% of the antibiotic prescriptions that were given were inappropriate or not medically justified. What percent? 25%. Okay. That's too many. Yep. Yeah, but that, that, dang it, it's tough. We're breeding a superbug, Jack. You know it'll be tough? When the millions die from the superbug, I just mentioned. But it's so hard to get antibiotics when you need them. You now have to wait so long. I understand. You grow your own moldy bread. (laughs) Bring some penicillin. Hey, so we got this text about Kamala Harris. It's the bottom text here, Joe. Kamala. Do I read this or not? Have you ever heard this before? I'll be the judge. All right, take a look. Take a look. Yep. There you go, bottom one. Go ahead. Is it still or did it reset? That has nothing to do with it. Still a little... Oh! Oh! Is that, a, is that, a, oh! Is that a, an alleged story? Or, oh, I'm just... reeling like, like Tom Brady having not been hit on the head. I mean, is that a rumor? Maybe Sean would know. Or is that just crap? If it's just I don't want to repeat it. It's, no, I don't want to repeat it unless there's some basis for it. I haven't heard that. No, okay. that's, that's no. just okay. impugning Well, then, because I right. have some standards, will not pass that along. Congratulations. Thank you. What was it you weren't going to say? All right. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. That'd be quite the scandal if it came out. Yeah, would it? Wouldn't it? How recently? That's the question. True. Of course, we're not going to talk about it. No. Done. It probably didn't happen. So, I can't be jerked around by crazy texters. While Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was living and working... He was not very popular across America and became increasingly unpopular as he did his work. I point this out because I think a lot of people, particularly particularly younger who don't like to read history, 
just assumed he was a saint all along and it was one lunatic who didn't like him who squeaked off the shot. No, what he was doing was very, very difficult. And have some statistics um, of his era that might shock you. Okay, interesting. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Okay, here's the text we got that I wouldn't read on the air. You're con- you've confirmed that, Sean? You're you're standing by your statement? Uh, yeah, there seems okay, to be okay. articles saying that that's okay, okay, a on. thing. Back. Okay, so we got this text. How does sleeping with Willie Brown endear her to the hashtag MeToo movement? We're talking about Kamala Harris, who's announced she's running for president today. Sleeping with Willie Brown, former mayor of San Francisco, speaker in the state of California. Speaker of the assembly for years and years and years. Uh, One of the most powerful people ever in California. Reputed to be a beneficiary of certain questionable land deals. I would never traffic in such rumors, which are true. And a charming person (laughs) to hang out with, which we've done many times. He really is a remarkably charming guy, which is why that's how he got to be where he is and was. So he's a super power broker or was. In uh, on the West Coast, and when he was in his early sixties and she was in her early thirties, apparently they did date Willie Brown and Kamala Harris, for better or worse. Is that a scandal? I don't know. Well, date? Maybe they went out to dinner a few times. I don't know. Do you know? Does anybody know? Is this relevant? Hmm. What? Does anybody know anything? Well, I, I haven't fake seen... news. What is this Buzzfeed? <laughs> I haven't seen movies, but uh, there's. <laughs> Yeah, there's, you know, they were an item they dated for a while uh, during some early 2000 political stuff. Her opponents were trying to use that against her as, you know, is she going to go soft on the outgoing mayor because of her former connections to him? And so it it seems to be a known thing. So opponents used it against her politically in the past. Is there any reason to think opponents will? Because the knives are out, man. It The fight is on. To represent the Democratic Party and run against Donald J. Trump. Well, you'd have to explain who Willie Brown is and why it matters from how long ago? Uh, like 20 mid, years? Mid-90s, yeah. Oh, please. No. Does hashtag me- never get Never get traction. Does hashtag MeToo play in at all? If Willie Brown were running, you might be able to make the argument he abused his position with a younger woman. Right. But I don't see any knock on her. If she wasn't like in his employee, or right. like I don't yeah. see how that would have... Yeah, I don't... Hmm. Well, and according to the victim oppressor uh, paradigm of discussing everything, she'd be the victim. Right. So, so anyway, yeah. you heard it here first. Didn't want you to hear it on the playground. Uh, interestingly enough, at the end of the 20th century, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was uh, one of America's most admired individuals, uh, garnering as much respect as JFK, Albert Einstein, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and, and certainly at this point, if you were to list, say, a hundred of figures, a hundred figures from the 20th century for people to help them, uh, he would be near the top of the list. But uh, Gallup out with an interesting article today and a bunch of poll numbers, since that's what they do. Uh, in the years leading up to his assassination in 1968, Dr. King did not appear often among the top 10 on Gallup's most admired list. In fact, he only uh, appeared on the list twice. In 1964 and 1965. Um, well, we have the favorability rating from 66. It was 33% approval in 1966. I have all of that right here. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. So This um, is news to me. Did you know this? I didn't know this. Uh, not specifically, no. Um, you know, obviously, he was a controversial figure at the time. 
But yeah, he only he was only on the list a couple of times, kind of in the the middle of the pack. He made it up to the number four most admired man in America in 1964 after Lyndon Johnson, Winston Churchill, and Dwight Eisenhower. Of course, you know the ashes of World War II are still fresh in a lot of people's minds. Um, and then uh, by '66, he was off of the list. Using positive negative ratings, plus five to minus five, Gallup. Uh, in 1963, he was 41% positive and 37% negative. So, plus four. In 1964, it was 43 to 39. 1965, he was 45 to 45, even. In 1966, which was the last Gallup measure of King using this procedure, he was 32% positive and 63% negative. And that trend continued. Uh, just you could tell politically and and the rest of it in 67 and 68 um, but so what so is, he was really fighting a fairly lonely battle well and as as uh, as we talked about at a different point in the show on uh, the last year of his life some of the organizations he had run or was attached to were t- were wanting him to moderate his views about saying whites are just inherently racist i'm not sure there's anything we can do about that right. And uh, and and coming out really pro socialism and that sort of stuff. If if his approval rating in '66 was in the low 30s, the most recent one now he's at 98 percent. Right. So what does that is that a is that a good thing that the country has come around to his point of view, or is it a bad thing that you're picking and choosing what stuff you focus on and leaving out some stuff that people say I didn't know he said that. I think the answer is both. Clearly both. Um, uh, worth remember, remembering the I Have a Dream speech, if you don't remember this, 1963. And by 1968, he was substantially less popular. Um, I, to me, you know, I don't, I don't know. That's a complicated question. I think it's unquestionably good that the country has, to a large extent, come around to his point of view. His main point of view, his best-known point of view. But it bothers me, and we talked about this earlier today, that we, we so oversimplify the great men and women of our history and turn them into two-sentence kind of cartoon versions of themselves. Uh, and and we lose the nuance. You know, there's also um, I, I, he was fairly outspoken. Marsha, you'd know more about that than me, but he was fairly outspoken against the Vietnam War when the country hadn't come around to that point of view. So maybe if he had lived a little longer when the country did come around right. to that point of view that right. the Vietnam War is a bad idea, mm-hmm. he'd have gone back up in popularity again. Right. Yeah. It's hard to say unless, you know, we were there right. It was happening right now because memory is faulty. It's hard to say why his popularity moved in the way it did. I'm sure it's much more complicated than than people would say it is. Hey, kids, it's that time again. With Armstrong and Getty. I like that one. Now the childlike innocence by Childs. They, they're the best at it. Right. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. How about a final thought from everybody? Positive Sean, your final thought? Yeah, this past weekend had a bit of a, 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 a kitchen upgrade completed. I am now the proud owner of not one but two cast iron pans. <laughs> Congratulations. Right. I gotta, it turns out I got to do some seasoning and put this thing in the oven with oil on it. Oh, I didn't, yeah. I didn't realize I got a homework assignment. I got to oh, figure yeah. out the rest of what to do. Oh, yeah. Keep the soap away from those things. Michelangelo, you your final thought. It? 
Early in the show, Jack said that his sons are currently playing the 34-year-old Nintendo Entertainment System. Yes. Based on this logic, Jack will bring home the Sony PlayStation 1 in 2028, <laughs> and his boys will discover Fortnite in 2053. <laughs> Marshall Phillips, uh, final thought? Well, Jack, you mentioned this. You know, it was a very interesting convergence of forces. You had the civil rights movement growing into the protests against Vietnam, and then both those sides coming together. It was really, really pretty amazing. And the other thing I'm going to do today, Martin Luther King's letter from a Birmingham jail. I've heard that is really very good, and I've never read it. It's some of the best English language ever unleashed. Good. Yeah, it's brilliant. Jack, do you have a final thought? This should be non-controversial on MLK Day. I'm looking at his statue in Washington, D.C. that went up a couple of years ago. It doesn't look like him. If you're going to have a national monument, which we have only to a few people in this entire country, in our entire history in D.C., you got to have it look like the guy. If you didn't know who that was and I gave you 20 guesses, you wouldn't have guessed Martin Luther King Jr. Probably not. No. Come on. You only get one shot at the granite, though, Jack. You can't redo. Well, they get it's a unfortunate. New one. You gotta hire a new artist. Yeah, it's too late. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people think so little time. Here's the deal: go to armstrongandgetty.com. You can email us anytime you want. Armstrong, it's mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Here's our national monument to Charles Barkley or someone I can't tell who that is. God bless America. This is a. Uh historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over! The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity. And we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Then the show's over. What? Bye-bye. Somewhere I read that the greatness of America is the right to protest far right. Armstrong and Getty.